Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Are you guys ready? Six years ago I came into this church and for three weeks, three weeks, I sat in that corner over there. That's an amazing corner. There's a lot of hope for you guys in that corner. (laughs) I sat in that corner over there for three weeks, and no one knew me for three weeks, and I felt offended because I came in here and no one knew me. And on the fourth week, I came here, I brought new people to the church, and they were introduced, and everybody knew them. I said, who brought you guys? They said, no, that guy, Wayne. Who? Wayne. says, the guy at the back there. Oh, me? Yeah, uh, yeah, I brought the guys. And so, four weeks later, I got to know this church, but... Let me tell you something. If that happened to you today, maybe you can use the mic. Yeah, so if, yeah, so, so if that happened to you today, please, there's loads of encouragement for you this morning because I saw something that day when I walked in here and I realized I could easily be offended by saying, hey, these people didn't even greet me. I went home with Jen. I said, to her, ah, these guys don't know me. Um, I haven't been introduced to anyone. No one came to introduce themselves to me. Maybe we should just stay away. But can I tell you today, just as an encouragement, the very thing that you come in here that you see is missing is the very reason you are here. It's the very reason you are here. You see, I could easily leave and say I don't like that church, which means I'm selfish in my nature because I'm looking for something that's going to satisfy me. But in fact, God has called us out to fulfill the mission of the church. So if you see that gap, can I encourage you this morning, fill that gap. It is important. And that's why we called out as Christians this morning. So I've got a lot of friends, and I love this series, Love Thy Neighborhood. It's it's a beautiful series. I think Gabe preached uh, last week, and I think this is something amazing about Love Thy Neighborhood. And, And can I just say, there's many elements in a neighborhood, many elements. There are pools, there are parks. Dogs, cats, and all these things makes up a neighbor. But the most important thing that makes up a neighborhood, people. So can I just say that let us concentrate on the one important thing in our neighborhood. Not our cars, not the boundaries that we're building, but the people that live inside those homes. Those are the most important things that we as a community need to concentrate on. And, and, and today I want to say thank you to all those Afrikaans people that accepted me. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is. I came into a community, um, and the way I came in, obviously, is something that really I struggled with. But years later, I find myself having a lot of Afrikaans people in my home. And God has got a sense of humor, and he does break down boundaries, which is so important for us. And today's preach is breaking down the boundaries. Can you all say that after me? Breaking down the boundaries. Come on. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Today we're going to speak about the Good Samaritan. And can I tell you about the Good Samaritan? There are so many amazing verses in the Good Samaritan, that story of the Good Samaritan. So many nuggets in there. I'm pretty sure KFC will be jealous of the scripture. Oh, is that good? Do you like that? Amazing, huh? Thought about it. I slept over that one. I thought, hey, how, how am I going to bring that out today? Mark is back. I wanted to say something. I said, let me do this cheesy thing, which is great. Can we read 
Luke 10, 25 to 37. You can open your Bibles. You can see it on the screen. Sorry, it's small. It's too small. I'm really sorry about that. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was, the, was, was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Can we pray? Father, this morning we we want to honor you, Lord. In all that we do, we want to honor you, Lord. And Father, I pray this morning that as we go through the word, as we, we speak life this morning, that it will be received and that we will grow in the knowledge of who you are. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have to make known that you would have heard this all before. If you're a regular churchgoer, you read your Bible, you would know that the Samaritans and the Jews did not like each other. Man, I can tell you, um, so much so that they would walk on opposite sides of the road. And so the Samaritans were sort of the, the ghetto guys, you know. Samaria was a ghetto place. It was a place where the Jewish outlaws would go to. If they did something wrong, they would run to Samaria because it's a place where they had a haven and they could hang out. And so there was a lot of cross, I almost want to say pollination in terms of the Jews and the Samaritans. And and with that came the distortion of a religion and their beliefs. And so the Samaritans believed that they needed to build a temple on Mount Gerizim because they believed Moses said so. And the Jews were so against that as well. And so what you would find is two, I would say, people or nations or, or races that really couldn't see eye to eye. And if, if I can recall something like that, it would be of the 1970s, the 1980s, the apartheid era of South Africa. Man, I remember walking down the street and I would see whites only bench. And then I would see coloreds. I'm like, oh, wow, there's a bench for me. I can go and sit there. That's cool. There was first class, second class, and third class trains. Not because of affordability, 
but because of your race. So first class had the leather seats. That was amazing. So we tried to sneak our way in and get chucked out because there were leather seats. Second class was for the colored people. And then third class for the black people. It hurts. It hurts when you think about that. It really does. And so the Samaritans and the Jews, you can just imagine being graded as a second class citizen, not part of your community. You can't speak to them. They are not of who you are, and you believe something totally different, and they are lower class. But there's the story that Jesus tells. And I'm just going to read that scripture again. But a, some, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Amen. Let's think about that word compassion for a second. If you look up the Greek meaning of that word compassion that we use in there, it says to suffer with. Meaning to put yourself into the person's suffering, into their shoes, and to feel the pain that that person is going through. That's what that word compassion means. And so similarly, Jesus had that same feeling towards us. That while we were yet sinners, he had compassion on us. That he would come down, take all that we have, pains, our sorrows, our sins, took it upon himself so that we might live. It is an amazing story of a father who loves us more than we can think, more than we know. But we have struggles of our own. We have struggles of our own in our own society. And I want to speak about Life Changes Church. I don't want to speak about outside of these four walls message is for us as a community and so man if you are new here today welcome please be a part of this don't separate yourself please it would be great if you're part of this message this morning Micah 7 19 says he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea and then first Peter 3 Verse 8 says, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous. So what are our insecurities around in having compassion with people, for people? I'm pretty sure when, when, when I started off, uh, we just moved in at two Chesterfield clothes. That's where the life group is. Chesterfield clothes. If you want to come, you can come. <laughs> come around, come around. Two ply toilet paper. It's great. And I saw these people scratching in our bins on a Wednesday morning. It irritated me. And I shouted through the window, hey, stop it. And the guy looked at me and he continued, as they always do. And then when he was done, he tucked the bin neatly and then he left closed the blinds and on my way to work that morning I saw a woman with three girls uh, man they could be between the ages of three and, and eight I don't know 
begging me. And I broke you. And I think God's saying, feed my people. I really want to bring you to a point today that we understand what compassion really is. But we can't have compassion if we don't have the love of God inside of us. I can tell you now, you can try and have compassion all your life, but you're going to get tired. You're going to stop. You're going to get irritated. But until the love of God saturates our hearts and our being and everything we have, that's not going to happen. Romans 5.5 5 says, now, the hope, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is, who is given to us. We don't have to do anything except receive what God has for you. But we found ourselves in a posture even to that where we close ourselves down. You know, the us for and no more kind of syndrome that we have. We stick to our own. It is okay. We, we, we sort of gravitate towards our own. You don't even know you're doing it. We don't even know we're doing that. We just gravitate. And so sometimes I like to stand and watch. And then I go to my Afrikaans friends. I say, what's up? What are you guys doing? Are you guys, well, not that they're doing that deliberately. Please hear my heart. It is just something you see. And I know. And I met Kurt months ago. And we don't have to introduce ourselves to each other. There's this thing in the colored community that says, got you, brother. <laughs> and we don't speak. Because we know we're covered. So I don't need to go to Kurt and say, hey, buddy, how are you doing? No, no, no. He's going to say, oh, bro, please. You know? Be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so when Mark spoke, when he came here first time, he said, no, he had this, um, this, this black guy was his best friend. And I, I, I would assume he's still your best friend. I, I, don't, I can't remember his name. I know the story. It touched me. And I said, wow, there's an opportunity for me to get into this man's circle. Because he's got a black guy as a best friend. And I thought, yeah, opportunity knocks. So it's cool. I'm right on this man's doorstep. I took him muffins and everything. I thought, how do I work my way into this relationship, you know? But can I say something about Mark? When we went through trouble and when we went through hardship, this man, he's got an incredible heart. This man, cried, and he cried, and he cried, so much so that I stopped and looked at him, <laughs> but he soothed, it soothed me, and we are called to do the same to our neighbors. <clears throat> Point number one, the condition of our hearts determines the love for our neighbors. Verse 27 to 29. 
So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, and, and there's it, but he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? I'm not going to explain who is my neighbor, but I do want to talk about justifying yourself. Many times I would sit on my couch and someone called and Manchester United is playing. I would justify a reason not to go and see that guy. I would find something that would make me feel okay to not step out. I would find something deep down, whether it's there or not, I'm going to build something, not to go out and be uncomfortable with the situation. And so my neighbors around me, they know me. Next, right next door to me, there are two ladies staying there, and they love to do their own DIY, and so I ask them to come and help me. Is that okay? It's like, okay, what do you do? No, I asked them to come and help me. This, this is how it is in our neighborhood. And Jeff, on the left-hand side, an amazing guy. And, and the first time I really had a conversation with him is when he said, um, I must chop down my tree. It's in his yard. And so I chopped it down the next day, alone. And then he bought us a milk tart, I think. Was it apple milk tart? <laughs> to say thank you. And so we started a conversation. We are friends today. But there are many things that we want to justify to not do. Many things that, that, that has become the boundaries in our lives that we don't want to step across. But Jesus did all of that. The Samaritan, if you look at him, saw that man lying there and he broke boundaries. He broke barriers because of compassion and because of love that is inside of him. Can I ask us this morning, can we consider that as one of those things that we need to do deep down in our hearts that to justify not to go somewhere or not to love someone is not the gospel. The gospel is going to make us feel uncomfortable it's going to stretch us. It's going to call us to things at the most darkest hour or earliest hour of the morning. We might have to get up. And we might have to go and have compassion on someone. Because compassion is an action. It's not just a feeling. It's an action. And so I watched the story on Carte Blanche. I don't know if you guys saw it last, it was last week, Sunday. Uh, my name is Chuma, she lives in gardens. And I saw the story of a lady, Linda Schaefer, coming out and, and helping her. Because I thought to myself, how did this, this girl end up on carte blanche? You know, like, how did they find her? Someone must have notified carte blanche and then get them into the story. And Linda Schaefer stays in town and she jogs through the gardens and she saw the artwork and she fell in love with the art. And then she heard a story and thought, hey, let me invite Carte Blanche to come and do the story for Chuma. 
And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then she says, no, I helped her. I take all the paintings and I, I create story space for her. And that is so cool. I said, wow, this is so cool. The story is amazing. But then at the end of the story, it says, and then Chuma went back to the bench and slept on the bench waiting for another day. And I said, okay, hold on. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not judging. I still think it's amazing that someone is giving Chuma exposure. But while reading the Good Samaritan, I come to realize that, firstly, he attended to someone who wasn't calling out for anything. Then he took care of his wounds, poured oil, put him on his own donkey, just taking him to an inn, pays the bill in the inn, and then says, whichever other costs that he incurs, I'll cover it. I'm thinking, Lord, you, you're setting standards here that I will not be able to, to attain. And in comparison to what the world calls amazing, God is calling us to a greater standard. Yes, we're going to feel uncomfortable taking someone into our homes. And I wanted to do that so many times, I wanted to pick people up, out of, maybe out of ignorance, I don't know. And then Jen says, no, <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming my wife, she's, she's, she's the one with the wisdom. Okay, just so you guys understand, she's the one with the wisdom. But, but it's just like, I wanted to take people from site five, the kids, and just take them and come and swim. And Jen said, my love, you'll end up in jail. These mothers won't know where these kids are. And, and, and so, yeah, it is something that I like doing, but I don't do it out of my own strength. I try not to do it out of my own strength. And if I, if I do, I question myself. I question my motives. And it's so important to understand the standard that Jesus sets for us in having compassion for people. My last point, point number three. When we speak more than our neighbors, we're not interested in them. Can I say that word again? Interested, sorry. When we speak more than our neighbors, we are not interested in them. Ever gone, uh, I'm going to use myself as an example because I, I really prayed about this. I said, Lord, these points that I brought up is all points that I, I had to go through. So I'm only preaching from what I went through. And hopefully you guys can see it as well for yourself. Maybe, maybe you see it, maybe you don't. But that's okay. But I found myself meeting with people, how are you doing, blah, 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 and I end up speaking more <laughs> than the person. And then I come home and Jen would ask me the question, so, how's that person doing? Uh, great, great, that's my, my normal reply. No, no, they're doing great. Is it, where, where do they work? And do they have a family, kids? Uh-oh, uh a few things that I missed out. Didn't ask the basics. So when you speak more than your neighbor, you're not interested. But I had to search myself for that. I had to ask myself why. And I realized there's an insecurity that crops up inside. 
something that said, Wayne, please tell them that you're so cool that they'll like you before they even speak. Tell them you're cool. Tell them about your story. Tell them where you work. Tell them what you, you did as a youngster. And then they'll like you. I realized that was my very insecurity. People liking me. I had to search my heart for that. Not showing compassion. And really just not listening. And we can make all kinds of excuses. But the fundamental basis of building a relationship is listening. And to love your neighbor is to really understand where they are so that you know how to love them. And so I can't love anyone if I'm the one talking. And we went into site five. We, we decided we're going to do 20 vegetable gardens for site five. Yes. Get the tractor tires, 20 tractor. Man, Andrew, where are you? Jeez, shame, buddy. Uh, I asked Andrew to cut the insides of the tractor tires. And that man, when, when he was done there, he looked like me. So it was a... Uh, I said, hey, where, where's Andrew? He said, it's me, it's me. I said, I'll open your eyes. Uh, that's how bad it was doing 20 tractor tires. And there we were, I think about 180 bags of soil and seeds for broccoli, not broccoli, and spinach and carrots and all kinds of stuff. And there we went into side five. And we thought, yes, Lord, today we're going to plant these gardens and people can sustain themselves. And they can live off these things. When we got in there, nobody wanted anything. They said, huh? Yeah, that's okay. We don't need it. And the trucks were all piled up. <laughs> the tires were stacked. The soil and the guys were struggling with the soil. And stuff. But there was one thing we didn't do. We never had a conversation with the people of Site 5. And so we're feeding them in the wrong areas. We're loving them in the wrong areas. We're loving them according to what we think they need love. But that wasn't the truth. And so there we are. We spent, I don't know how much money. And then I said, Lord, we got the crew together and we said, let's pray. And we started praying in that place. And before we knew it, the most unlikely woman came and said, this is what Jesus looks like. I've been looking for this all my life. And here it is. I've always said, Lord Jesus, show yourself. And she says, I see you. Can I have three tires, please? And I was like, yes, you may. Bang. <laughs> and there we are, pushing the tires through the neighborhood. And before we knew it, all of them were planted in homes. And everybody came in. Can I ask you this morning, should we pray before we say? Please pray before we say. Those are the things we have to live by. And you know what? There's so much more effort when we don't pray. So much more effort. Not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. Nothing else will sustain you this morning.
So in conclusion this morning, can, can, can we stand? Is that okay? Is that all right? Can we stand? I believe it's time to break boundaries this morning. I believe we've been called to do things different as Life Changes Church. I really do. I love this church. And when I say that, I don't mean the building. I mean the people. I love this community. It's a beautiful community. But we are called to something far greater than just our friendship. There's a calling on our lives this morning. And if we consider this morning that Jesus is the Good Samaritan, he said he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Jesus came to us and he bandaged our wounds, poured oil, he anointed us, set him on an animal, his own animal, meaning he took all the effort that we had to go through and put it upon himself. He lifted us up, brought him to an inn, meaning taking us, that while we were yet sinners, taking us on that journey to the Father's house. There he takes care of you. And whatever you spend after that, whatever your sins are after that, he's paid for it. Jesus is the good Samaritan. And if I look back on the scripture, I'm the man in that gutter. And he came for me. And he set me on his donkey. He took me to the Father's house. He took care of me there. And anything else that I incur upon my life, he says, Wayne, I have it. Don't worry about a thing. I've got it covered. Paul writes, 1 Thessalonians 1, 7. You became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. That's the only church he attributes that to. What is this neighborhood attributing to us? I know one thing. We know how to receive people. I know that. People tell me when they come into this community here, they love it. They feel at home. Because people are genuinely interested in you. Acts 8.25, as we break these boundaries, says, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel to many villages in Samaria, which was once separated from, has now become a part of breaking the boundaries. Can I invite you this morning, if you haven't, an area that you're struggling in. I would like to pray for you. And if you don't know this, Jesus has done everything for you. This good Samaritan that has come, that has healed your wounds, anointed you, taking you to an inn, the Father's house, taking care of everything else, 
that you may incur, but he has paid the price once and for all. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, this morning I just, I thank you for this time, Lord. But above everything, we thank you for who you are. And I pray, Lord, this morning that hearts have opened, will stay open, Lord, to receive you, Lord, your love more than anything else. We are not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of Christ to the glory of God the Father. And so we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.